This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after show entertainment. Very good, Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Shark Tank After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Shark Tank After Show. Yeah, it is. Yeah, buddy. Welcome to another Shark Tank After Show. I am Phil Svitek, and unfortunately, uh, not only did we not necessarily do the show on time, we don't even have a panel. I'm doing it from the booth, but fear not, because on the line, I have Steph Z. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Shark Tank. So, Steph, what did you think of, uh, I can't even say tonight's episode, but what did you think of the episode uh, overall? I thought it was a good episode. There was some really um, unique products. I'm not going to lie. I don't even want to jump to the end, but, like, you know which one I'm talking about was my favorite one. <laughs> I really wanted, I wanted a deal. I wanted to go. I want to find the treasure. We'll get to that. But um, I thought it was really cool, a, a good episode. I, um, you know, there was there was a little bit of, um, you know, banter like normal, but overall I thought it was a good episode. What did you think, Phil? I enjoyed it overall. Um, I, I like, uh, you know, starting off with our first product, I like that we're getting kind of more adventure type stuff as well, you know. Um, and you know what, to the to the pirate sky, you know what? It's something different on Shark Tank. It's, you know, it's not a tech thing. It's not a uh, food thing. It's not a baby care thing. It's something completely it's different. Technically, it's technically not a business. It's like, I need it's a service. to go get money. It's, right. It's kind of, it's a service or it's a project or something, which, you know, I thought was interesting that, it, that they allowed something like that on there. I would have never thought turning it on Friday night that I was going to hear some guy, you know, Go to look for gold. You know what I mean? Like, well, they, they, ironically, they gave him quite a lot of respect. But let's take a step back. Let's start with Oru Kayaks. Are you a kayaker? You're, you're a surfer. I know that. I'm a surfer, yes. I've kayaked before. And, you know, with this one, what I really like about it, the thing why I would never think to have a kayak is because it's so freaking big. Like, where are you putting that thing? How are you transporting that thing? I don't think the normal kayaks are that heavy. Like, I think that I could probably carry it so that it wasn't the weight thing. But I feel like this is smart fun. And I like fun. So smart fun is like, it's a win for me. Yeah, I I was really impressed. I mean, their biggest um, thing was, 
Obviously, the cost, it cost them around $500 to actually make it. And they were selling it for, you know, an average price of a kayak. And, you know, they had competitors in the space, but their prices were way too high. So that was the kind of, you know, how do you, how, you, know, how do you actually price a thing like this? Do you go lower to get more? Do you go higher because it is a luxury item? But overall, the concept, I loved yeah, I really loved it. And they were asking for $500,000 for 12% of their company, which I thought was doable. I mean, they've ha- they've already had $1.1 million of sales. They projected next year $4 million of sales. And I do, I agree with you. It was kind of like they made a decision and they just stood behind it. Yeah, they could have tried to make it cheaper because it's like a fold-up thing, but they wouldn't have had a lot of profit, but they maybe had more sales. And, yeah, they could have charged, you know – two, three times the amount of money. But in the same sense, like, those guys were legit. Like, one of them was, like, a pro paddler. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like they were like, we want to make a product that people can actually use. So if you're going to buy a regular kayak, why not buy ours? Um, I do think that it's, you know, what a lot of people said is that getting the manufacturing costs down 150 bucks, you know, or $155, whatever it was, is it going to be a little bit harder than they thought? Um, you know, and, and everyone kind of talked to that point. But, um, yeah, I really, really liked it. I totally – now, like, I want one because now I feel like I can fold it up and put it in my closet. I can put it in my car. You know, it looked like you could put it together by yourself. Like, it was pretty sick. Yeah, and, you know, the biggest biggest factor for me is, was always going to be um, sturdiness, I guess. Because when you look at a product like that, you're like, well, if it could fold up like that, and just the word origami to me is like, okay, is this made out of paper? And then when when Robert was kind of testing, it, he was like, oh, this is this is really sturdy. Um, that that See, eased I didn't myself. Like the origami um, affiliation or whatever it was called, because I mean, not that I didn't like it, but for me, in my mind, origami is kind of complicated, and it is paper. So for those two reasons. Like, I get what they were going for. Like, it can fold up and it can fold out into a canoe. You know what I mean? And they make it easy. But, like, remember, I mean, I don't know if you did the same thing. But, like, growing up and, like, you're always trying to make that, like, dragon where the head moves or this moves. And, like, some of them are super complicated to, like, get the folds precise or else it won't work. And that, that you know what I mean? Like, that reference to origami made me be like, oh, what if I don't do it right? Is my canoe going to sink? You know what I mean? Or my uh, kayak. Yeah, yeah. So no. I don't know. I, I don't know that that was the best word to describe their product, but I get what they were going for. You know what I mean? It could have been like transformer or something that, like, as a kid, resonates to be easy. You know? Transformers, great. We're rebranding this entire thing. The fourth movie's coming yeah. out. It's great. It fits perfect. And God's say we're rebranding you... everything. There's going to be flying kayaks in the Transformer movie. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um. um but they, they, so they, pretty much. Yeah, go ahead. Go. So pretty much, Mark gets it started. He's like, he's not, you know, he's not a big, you know, outdoors guy. He's never kayaked. He's out. Um, you know, Mr. Wonderful said kind of what, you know, we, what I was touching on earlier is that, you know, the five hundred thousand, it's not enough for manufacturing. Um, you know, Damon thinks it's a little too early. Barbara is so funny sometimes what she says. She says. I own two kayaks I never use. I'd love to be involved, but I can't imagine what I'd do. 
It's like she really wanted to be in, but she couldn't be like, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to use the thing, so I'm not going to be a customer. I don't know how to make it better for you, so it's kind of pointless. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, to that point, I'm kind of disappointed. You know, uh, I thought Mark for sure would see the beauty. Um, I think Kevin, you know, despite, yeah, 500000 maybe a little bit too low. I figured he was going to come up with some grand idea because he just wanted to be a part of it. I don't know. I felt like a lot more people would have bitten than they did. I did too. I thought because Mark usually wants to be part of like this. This there's no way like it's definitely cool. It's definitely stylish. It's definitely innovative. And Mark usually says something more than I'm out because I don't like the outdoors. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. was I was shocked by that too. Um, and then, you know, Robert, I felt like he was going to go out. He was like, I'm definitely a customer, but I'm still a shock, you know? And, um, and then he, he gave him the offer of 500,000 for 25%. And pretty much that, you know, Mr. Wonderful chimes in. He's like, that's cutting your valuation in half. And, um, the guys pretty much on the spot just were like, okay with it. We're going to take it. And I feel like they wanted Robert. Did you feel that way too? Yeah, I mean, you know, it would have been tough. I mean, ironically, um, Damon is is the self-admitted outdoorsman in, right. in that respect. So, uh, I mean, Robert doesn't – Robert likes the outdoors. Um, he's never been against it. So, you know, it's a tough fit. I mean, I think ultimately you, know, you just need a good businessman. Were they going for Robert specifically? Yeah, you know, usually I can pinpoint which product is best for which shark. He's not a bad shark by any means, you know, and especially if he's going to be passionate about it. But was there a perfect shark? I don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. And Damon had a good point, too. He was like, man, we would fly around the world to get manufacturing of jeans down like five, five cents or whatever he was saying, 50 cents, you know. So it's like he, for him to be not sold on the manufacturing made me a little bit like it's going to be a lot harder than they're making it seem, you know. I agree. Well, Bonafair. <laughs> Bonafair. Moving on. All right. I, you know what? I, I just feel like this is the world's worst idea. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it, like, why? There's just so much competition in the space. And when I heard that she's only been doing this for six weeks and she's about. Wait, 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 though. Time out. What competition is in the space of electrolyte wine? Like wine to give you less of a hangover. I've never seen a, a, a wine that, I mean, bubbly wine. She yeah, downplayed that so much. Oh, and there, there's electrolytes in there because it's like beneficial. And Barbara's like, well, what do the electrolytes do? Well, they're, you know, they're in there because it's beneficial. And then Mark was like, a lower hangover. Like, it, it, you don't know what you have in front of you. And that's why you're going to fail right, after six I weeks. Think that, I think that the reason she was saying it that way was because, number one, she didn't want to go on national television being like, this thing's going to give you less of a hangover. She didn't think that was the strong part of her pitch. She wanted people to like it and to feel good about it. And number two, it's not clinically tested or whatever. So it's not like she has scientific evidence that this thing's going to give you less of a hangover. So she's just going on tests and stuff that have already been out there, so why not throw it in there? And it is. It's kind of like, you know, the, the target is like the busy mom. It's like the skinny margarita, the mom that has the skinny margarita at night and feels like she's going to be able to get up for work and not be hungover. 
to the skinny margarita um or skinny girl right to the skinny girl point um you know that was a bad point to bring up because you know with bethany frankel you know what i mean she's been you know damon said it right but I felt he could got gone a lot further with that. She's had such a platform, you know, and she's on television. She was on television every day, and, and you know what I mean. And then she got her own show, and yeah, every- but she was on. She was on her own show after that. Yeah, but Any but but regardless, she had a platform. It's not like the world didn't know who she was. Right, but and she's a billionaire too. Well, I guess the skinny girl made of that. But in the same sense, they all kept saying that this show, like Skinny Girl, yeah, it's a. It's a good example for what she wants to do with the product. It's a bad example because it's like the one in a million. It'd be like trying to make some internet thing and being like, well, Facebook works. Like Facebook's like the one thing that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, so I, I feel like that's, you know, Facebook and Twitter worked and that, you know what I mean? So everyone now has an internet idea that they think that they're going to sell for a billion dollars. Like I get it that it's bad in, in that sense, but I feel like what, what she was trying to go for is that, you know, a lot of women don't want to have a glass of wine because there's the sugar, there's, you know what I mean? There's all the other bad stuff. And she's like, mine's better for you. It's got half the calories. I don't know. Anyway, she won $150,000 for 35% of the company. Which, and, um, I mean, if I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, I don't think that's that bad. No, it's not that bad. It's like six hundred thousand dollar company, but um, she she's already raised a bunch of money. Like this always gets tricky to me. Like this is always weird to me. She's already like she was a girl. Like I liked her though. Come on, let's give it up for Jayla. Like I liked her, she, hmm. and and that also like it says a lot that you can go and get four hundred and fifty thousand dollars from private investors when you've done. $11,000 in business. Not even that. She got the money, like, in order to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, she had she had a $2.1 million valuation on the company before it even was a company. And yeah. I think that's really hard to do. And I think that's really hard to do in a beverage space, too. Because I feel like beverages, it's like, it's hit or miss. And I feel like beverages, it's kind of you need, like, street credit, too. I mean, like, look at Red Bull. Like, there's Red Bull, the monster. Like, look at how many things and athletes and all these things that they have on their team in order to, like, make their product cool. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be really hard just to start a new soda and call it, you know, fizz and it'd be as cool as Coca Pepsi. Like, it never would because all the marketing dollars that go behind it. So I think she's definitely, I don't know, I think she's a small woman. I really do. I really liked her. Did you like her? What did you think? You didn't I, like her? No, I. <laughs> I it, it, she just had a string of bad luck. I mean, right with the the bottles and the, your, the shipment, right? Ni- what was it, 90% of shipment got ruined? Yeah. That's that's terrible. And, I, you know, I... Yeah, but that happens. I think that happens. Like, I mean, I've had shirts come back when I had my t-shirt line that, like, I mean, it was, we would, you know, $200,000 waste. Boom, done. And you're like... What do you do? You know what I mean? I think that when you have a big company, that kind of stuff happens. It sucked that it was her first run, and it sucked that, you know what I mean, she needed to. But again, too, all these investors, which I wonder if these private investors are like, I mean, not family, but maybe friends or whoever they are, but they gave her more money. 
if even after this, they weren't in a place of like, I gave you this money without knowing what you could do. You messed up. And I'm not giving, you know what I mean? They still yeah. gave more money after that happened. So there's got to be something that's really awesome about this product, I think. That's what I would think. Investors aren't dumb. You know what I mean? So, well, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe, maybe dumb. here's the thing. The only type of dumb investor that I can think of is someone that uh, just inherited money and has done, you know, knows nothing about it and is just giving it away just because you, you, you can always tell when some, most people know the value of money. And if you just kind of came into it, you don't really know the value of money. Right. And you That's, just like, oh, this is a cool product. I want to be part of it. Yeah. So that would be, like, that would be the only scenario that I can think of. In terms of yeah, but she's also she's had a lot of background in this. I mean, look at the design of the bottle. Like, yeah, that was so cool. cool. That was cool. It was really cool, and she had like marketing, and um, she had a lot of. I forgot what else it was. Do you remember? But it was like product development, design, marketing. She she knew total of seven years, of, right? I think it was. That? I think it was a total of seven years. Over yeah, six or seven years, something like that. So it was like she definitely. She's been around the block. You know what I mean? We'll see. I, I hope this one works. I like the bottle. I'd buy it. Um, so Damon, you know, pretty much said he knew this journey. Damon was a little negative for the first few. He's like, nope, you're not going to get your manufacturing for the kayak for this. He's like, I know this journey. I couldn't help myself, he said. He's like, I'm out. He's not, not into it. Yeah. And then um, Barbara, it doesn't add up for her. She's out, which is kind of, you know, We've had a lot of those lately. Not a lot, but, like, we've had a few that are like, yeah, we started with this amount of money, and then we did this amount of money. Because the thing that she was saying didn't add up was that they were giving, pretty much they were giving the Sharks a better deal than the original investors. Because she was saying that she thinks that they see how much value the Sharks can bring. Yeah. Which I don't know. Maybe Maybe there was something else happening that we don't know about, but, you know, I guess... We'll find out, hopefully, in one of the flashbacks. Hmm. Um, and then Mr. Wonderful did something very different, this pitch. He gave advice. He didn't rip her apart. He just told her what to do. He's like, you don't need a deal. You have a tough road ahead. Just call Costco. Like, Costco is the number one. It's one person. There's one buyer. Call him up. Get in Costco. Home run. Yeah, so, I mean, hey. You know, sometimes you you just got to do that, and that would have done it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, Barbara was kind of the same way. He's an amazing salesperson, but it's a super long journey. She's out. And then Mark, I didn't expect this, did you? I did not. Not at all. But you know what? Hey, why not? He's excited. Now he owns, a, now he owns alcohol. Yeah, pretty much. He's like, I like you. I'm not an expert in the category, but I'll make you a deal. And it was just kind of funny how he's like, I'll give you $150,000. And he waited, and he waited for 35%. And she was like, okay. So I'm excited for her. I think Mark, Mark likes this stuff too. And it's like, you could sell this at the stadiums. You know what I mean? Like you could totally, I think he has, he could have buyers for it right away. So he sees dollar signs. And if not, he was like, my wife will love it. I will buy $150,000 worth and my wife could give it away. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Next up, your favorite treasure. 
Was there even a name for this? Or it was this just like uh, Hargit Marine Services, Marine Towing, Diving, Treasure Hunting, Smuggling, and Pirate Services. It's kind of amazing, man. I can't believe. Like, honestly, the biggest thing about this thing for me was that Mark said that he's been approached for stuff like this before. Did you hear that? Well, yeah, I could buy that. I could buy... You don't think there's people out there that are like, listen, Mark, this is the best thing ever. We got to go after this treasure. No, I mean, yes, I get that. I don't know. Maybe I I just don't think Mark would ever take people seriously. Like, I think you have to be a certain kind of person to go up to Mark Cuban and be like, man, there's there's a treasure and I'm going to go get it. Will you just pay for my trip so that I can go bring us back a treasure? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no there's no proof. I mean, I guess this guy kind of had some proof, but, like... Here's the thing. If, you, know, if, you're, not, if you're not going after, like, an, like you could fund re- research and you could fund an ex- expedition, right? I guess is the best way to kind of describe it. Like, if you're going to d- take what's, you know... Um, take photos of the wreckage of Titanic. That's like, you know, historic and 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 whatever else. Not you know, if you're trying to loot it, obviously no one's ever going to give you the money. But it's like, okay, you know what? You can get some funds for that. Makes makes sense. Whereas with this, it's like if you if you know you're actively just going after treasure, it's I don't think it's going to really happen. No, but the thing is that. And this guy, you can tell, I mean, not that he's not smart. Like, he's totally skilled. I'm sure he has the qualifications. I'm sure he's researched what he needs to do. But the first thing that, I forget who said it, but I think it was Robert that said it. And he didn't say it right away, but he's like, if you have the mineral rights to this and you can't afford to do this project and you're sure that you'll make money, why don't you just sell the rights? You know what I mean? Like, instead of taking the money to do it, to this, to this, take a little bit less of the treasure and just sell the rights and have someone else go do it. And then you have your money no matter if they fail or succeed, which yeah. I thought. And, and he even said, oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, that's because to, to him, it's all about the adventure, I feel like. I feel like, you know, ultimately, I don't know. I, I don't think he really wants to make, I don't know. I, I, I can't get a grasp on it, but I don't, I think he's just more in it for the adventure and he could give a, crap about the actual money and the treasure he just wants to go do I think it it's, yeah i think it's the adventure but also like the bragging rights yeah like more so than like what he would do with the 2.5 million dollars or whatever it was that he wants to be like i got this treasure i went and picked up this treasure but what was crazy to me too is like how do you get i don't know this thing, this, this was a nice like, tie over between pawn stars and shark tank <laughs> Last year, a nice tie-over between Pawn Stars and uh, Shark Tank, where in the oh, sense right. that, like, uh, you know, last season on Shark Tank, uh, y- you know, uh, this guy got a deal with, uh, with whoever, and, you know, he dug up the treasure. Now he's about to pawn it. Let's see what value he can get for it. And it's just, it's just fun. I don't know. I, I like Barbara's comment of, it's not, it's just not sexy. <laughs> he opened up a little. I know, and it really wasn't it really wasn't the guy could have at least came in with like a fake treasure chest you know what i'm saying like he comes in with like an igloo cooler like a dirty igloo cooler 
with like a couple pieces of like brick in there. Yeah, I mean that's what it would look like to the normal person. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have came in with like a treasure chest and like he could have made it like way way more sexy. And then so maybe someone would have bought into it because they would have been you know what I mean? Like I feel like everyone was a little bit amazed. And I was really I can't believe nobody just completely dismissed him. Like no one really dismissed him. Like, I think do you think people were just caught off their guard? They were like how do we deal with this? What the hell did we do? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, they were all, because they were so, like, this guy is so different that I I need to think about it for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't the, the normal pitch of let's make a business, and you can tell right away if someone sucks or not. Yeah. But with this guy, it was so different. They were like, I got to see what he's going to say. I wish Lori I was know. just on the panel just just because... You know, and and I I wish someone joked about it. This is a great QVC product, Lori. Can you um? You should definitely, you should definitely uh, give a bid. That would have been funny. I wish someone would have told. I wish, like, the thing is, I wish somebody would have invested in it. Like, one of the sharks could have invested in it and made a whole nother spinoff series about going to get this treasure. They could have made a whole nother television show. I, I you know I, yeah it would have been great but I think I think to make that TV show successful you definitely need the shark to be involved in it. I could see like Mark just like diving as well and being like, all right, what do we do today? That's what I'm saying. Like if if Mr. Wonderful, whoever whoever that likes you know diving, went and like not even that man. The amount of publicity that this show has, if this guy Mark would have gotten a deal. And would have went in, and they would have had every single person. All right, maybe not every. Ninety-five percent of the people that watched Shark Tank would watch it. Like if there was like a spinoff, like a two-hour special one night on sixty minutes or whatever, which is always after Shark Tank, anyway, or you know, usually after Shark Tank on the East Coast, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I feel like that would be that would be such a money maker. You'd make back the two hundred fifty thousand dollars investment. You totally would. Because that many people would watch it. Well, that's I why the, I think the sharks need us next time, especially on a deal like this. They need, know, they need to consult the us. Panel. They need to go into the back and consult sometime. I think so. Well, hopefully now, I mean, you know, we made the call a little bit late this season, but hopefully next season we'll get to go to, like, the taping or whatever. I think we can uh, finagle that, which would be super cool. So, anyone. No yeah, deal. Mark, no deal. No deal at all. And Mark was like, again, what I said earlier, like, he's like, I get pitched this all the time. There's too much risk. Yeah. And it was just, um, I also like, before we go on, I like how he was like, you guys want my plan C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, it's, you know, right. I, I like, I like how he backpedaled after that. And it was like kind of a funny joke, but certainly not a funny joke to those guys. Yeah, and it was, I mean, he got a little bit of slack when he was showing the video, and, like, everyone was, like, amazed, like, whoa, Robert was like, that's really cool, and David's like, what's so cool, that could have totally been a car in the Hudson River, (laughs) 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 which is funny, which it totally could have been, you know? It could have been. Well, what's not a car in the Hudson River is Cineholic Dairy-Free. Egg-free, cholesterol-free, 100% vegan cinnamon rolls. Your I know, thoughts you know on what? these? They were, um, 
um, it was Shannon and Florian, I guess. They were cool. I liked them. They wanted $200,000 for 20% of the company. Um, you know what I really liked about this? They didn't say the whole non-dairy, vegan, all that stuff before they let them taste it. Because I think, I could be wrong. I'm not vegan. I'm not, you know, any of that stuff. But I feel like there's a stigma that stuff like that's vegan doesn't taste as good. Yeah, I definitely, I'm one of those uh, haters that just hates vegan. And especially here's the thing. Here's the thing. I with this though, I don't necessarily mind it. What I really hate is like when you tell me it's beef and broccoli. It's not beef and broccoli. Like stop pretending to be something that you're not. But a cinnamon roll? Oh my god. I can get behind. See, but but would you get like so so since you're a hater, if someone said, Oh, this is a vegan cinnamon roll, would you not taste it? You'd be like, Oh, I don't need that. No, a cinnamon roll is different because at least like if you're literally trying to imitate meat. That makes me angry. But if you're like an alternative to, you know, a cinnamon roll or like a baked good, then like, okay, I could get behind it. Because it's not the biggest thing. My, I hate tofu. Did this have tofu in it? Please tell me no. It didn't have tofu in it, right? I'm not crazy. I hate tofu. I don't think it had tofu. Everything, everything vegan has tofu in it. So stop with the damn tofu. Stop trying to be what you're not. You don't want a tofurkey? Um, no, but well, my question was, in you being a hater... Say that it did have tofu in it. Say you take you tasted it like all the sharks did, and all the sharks pretty much liked it. And then say after that you found out that it had tofu in it and it was vegan. Would you not buy it, or would you be like, "Oh man, that was the best cinnamon roll I've ever had. I'm gonna go buy them, even though they're vegan." Or are you that much of a hater that you wouldn't buy it? I'm gonna be truthful in this sense. Let me tell you a story to answer your question. So there's there's this restaurant, and I don't want to give away the name because they're a good restaurant. Um, I'll tell you off air stuff. But, you know, uh, I I had friends that would go there, and they serve chicken, and, you know, they have great chicken and all this and that, right? And they they used to go, and they'd be like, Phil, you got to go. I'm like, all right, I go. So I ordered, like, a chicken, grilled chicken sandwich. And they're like, oh, isn't this great? They're already biting into it. And then I take my bite, and I'm like, guys, you realize it's vegan right it's not actually chicken they're like what so all this to say that i have a great knack for knowing what's real and what's not so it would have to be pretty damn good for it to fool me that makes sense what but you totally avoided the question if it was good enough to fool you would you be anti afterwards even if you liked it just because it had tofu in it I, I don't, you know, I don't think it would fool me. I mean, if it did, then kudos to them. And if it was really that good, then then maybe I'd do it. But I'm usually, I usually can spot this stuff a mile away. And again, it's just, it's just a matter of like stop pretending vegan, to be what you're not. A cinnamon roll to me is fine. What's that? I said you have a vegan radar. Are you part like dairy? Yeah, <laughs> I, I just know. But but a cinnamon roll, I could see, you know, I'd have to look at the full ingredients as long as, you know, 90% of it wasn't tofu. You know, I could get behind this. I just don't like What's the fake meat stuff. What's your problem with tofu? Stop pretending to be what you're not. Tofu? You're not beef. You're not chicken. Okay? Embrace oh, that, vegans. God. Embrace your veganism. Eat your vegetables. That's great. I'm all for that. <laughs> All right, so pretty much these guys, they have a store in Berkeley, California. It's like a 650-square-foot 
um, they did $260,000, which 70% was net, which is $45,000, which um, that doesn't make sense. They, they, they netted $45,000. I think after 70% cost and 30% they netted. Um, they wanted another $200,000 because they wanted to make another store in San Francisco. And, I mean, all the shops were pretty much like, that's not the way to go. Like, you've got these things that are so good, and to the point that Barbara made, that they were sitting there for three days before they even ate them. So clearly there's time to ship them, to overnight them, to package them nice, to, you know what I mean, to make that happen. So it's not like a pastry. It's not like, you know, an ice cream or a gourmet this or that that's going to be super hard to ship. Or even like a, you ever have a good fresh Danish? You know, it's not one of those. No, I'm not really a Danish person. Yeah, I'm going to take you out for Danishes. Amazing. Oh, we're going to go for vegan and Danish. Love it. No tofu, though. (laughs) Um, But anyway, and then they were saying that they kind of really didn't know their numbers because $200,000 might get another store, but then if their plan was to franchise, that's going to cost a lot more. And they were all pretty much on the, you know, you need to do e-commerce and Barbara had a good, um, which is really, you know, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but the news flashback was for the Cousins Mean Lobster. Oh, they still um, did it on purpose. They were like, okay, it was referenced in this episode. We got to do an update. Yeah, I know. But um, so she said, but that's so crazy. She's saying one truck is doing 800 grand. That's awesome. You know what? To I mean, be honest, uh, the, on on Black Hollywood Live, um, the network, check it out. There's uh, we had t- uh, two owners of food trucks come in, you know, the, from the Los Angeles area, and they, you know, if you if there's a way to be successful, you know, it, it's just a different type of model instead of brick and mortar. Like you can be, re- you know, I don't know if people look at it as a stigma of like, oh, you you own a food truck, but there's some like cool gourmet ones and. It opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. Oh, you, are you going to have a food truck? N- no, no. It's too much work, honestly. Too much work. You're funny. Um, and then Damon was pretty much like, I want to be in this space, but I'm jealous of Barbara's numbers. And the numbers aren't there for you guys, so pretty much I'm out. And then Robert was like, you guys have two problems. One is try franchise. Like, if it works, then you have to do franchising, which is, you know, expensive again. And then his second problem was that they were valuing the business at $1 million. Um, you know, so he says that, that he doesn't agree with that. And he he offered them, though, $200,000 for 40%. And, um, you know, but he doesn't want to do another store, like pretty much contingent on making this an online business where we could sell. And so that kind of lingered for a minute. And, of course, Mr. Wonderful, which, you know, I, I think, we, you know, it's weird that it's all episode. And I don't think last episode we had a perpetuity deal, did we? It was, he's been, he's been like, quiet about those. I think but they've all shamed him to death with the pre- – because <laughs> every time, oh, here it comes. Totally. But he was like, I'll give you $200,000 for – and he'll take a dollar twenty per unit, and then once he recoups his – 200k he'll take 60 cents yeah 
Which is, which is interesting. Like, I wonder how many, like, I didn't do the math, but I wonder how many it would cost. To do that. Mean, like, it would, it would make sense to, to match Robert's deal. Um, and they came back to Robert's deal. They're like, you know, can we counter? And first they tried to counter with 25%, I think. Then they went to 35%. And Robert was just kind of like, you know what? This is either going to work or it's not. And the 5% isn't going to make a difference. So you're either with me or you're not. Yeah. You know, pretty much like, okay, we're with you. And which was, in, they didn't even hear Mark's deal. And I think Mark was going to, Mark was going to make an offer. Yeah, but he he kept quiet and he said, "Listen, to, listen to Robert. I don't, I don't know. He everyone was like saying like, oh, Mark's going to do something.' And I don't, I don't know if he was. They didn't even wait though. So I think they wanted Robert. Good for them. Robert was like, look at Robert. He like got this deal. He was talking about being a shark for the other deal. Like he literally was a little bit, you know." He was on his game this time. He got two deals this time. Well, how about this? Before we do, uh, before we do the update, I want to give some analysis. Uh, analysis pending full collection of data. But I love it. I love. It. Um, thus far, uh, twenty million dollars have been invested in one hundred nine companies. By the way, this is as of as of episode nineteen. So you know, keep in mind, obviously, there's twenty million in what. 20 million in 109 companies. No, wait. Hold on. Yeah, 20 million. 20 million. Um, and uh, sharks, uh, sharks have made pitches to 130 companies, and so the, the acceptance rate is 83.85%. Um, the medium deal valuation is 300 and $92,000. The average deal valuation is $465,000. The maximum valuation has been $5 million. Um, Let's see. Wait, $5 million? Yeah, $5 million. Was it... it, How much was... uh, Was that the blood, the alcohol, the, the test on the phone? Wasn't that yeah, one more than five million? Was it? 10 it could million? have been. I I forget. I don't. I forget. Um. I, it doesn't well, say which this one. Is, this is also since season nineteen. That's what you said, right? Episode nineteen of season five. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Episode nineteen. All okay. right. Um. Let's see. Okay. So, who do you think has done the most deals as of episode nineteen? Well, the way you ask it, I want to say Mark, but no. I'm going to say Lori. Lori? Yeah. All right. I'm going to give it to you. So um, it's actually Barbara Corcoran at 32 32 deals. Uh, Damon John at 30. Um, Let's see. Mark Cuban, 26. Robert Hershevik, 25. Kevin O'Leary, 17. Um... And Lori Grenier, 15. Wow, I was totally, like, opposite wrong. <laughs> so it was Barbara, Damon, Mark, uh, Robert, Robert, Kevin, Lori. Yeah. That's Have funny. Barbara's done the most? 32 deals as of episode 19. Um, 
so here's a cool one. Um, who do you think has the biggest profit multiplier um, after a deal has been made? Kevin. Kevin, Kevin. It's, you're actually right. It's, it goes Kevin O'Leary at 11.65%, Robert Hershevik at 10%. Um, then um, Damon John at 5.56. Uh, oh, Barbara's also at 10%, so she's you know tied with Robert. Mark Cuban at 6.36%, and Lori Grenier at 2.22%. Back to you, Steph, in, in New York. Wait, that's crazy. That is crazy. Go to, um, I'm on www.sharktank.tvquotes.net. They have some other cool stuff that you can check out. So I was kind of perusing the internet and just found this and uh, found it interesting to kind of share with the kids, quote unquote. That's, yeah, that is, uh, that's interesting because I would think that Lori, you know, Kevin up there just because the way he structures his deals. But I would think Lori would be up there because it's QVC, so there's not a lot of overhead. You know what I mean? As some of these brick and mortar or I yeah. don't know. I don't know why I thought that, but yeah. Um, all right, cool. The news for this week, like we said, we had the um, convenient Cousins Main Lobster plug after they mentioned it. Um, in the beginning, so they, they made a deal with Barbara, they got $55,000 for 15%. And before the show, $150,000. After the show, within the few months after the show, they did $700,000. And the first year after the show, they did $3.5 million. Crazy. They also are really cool. They have a, I really like this story, actually. They They give back, you know, which I think, it was really the thing that I really like is that Barbara said this quote to me that actually made me, you know, really, really like Barbara. She said, they're going to be billionaires and happy billionaires because they know how to give back, which I think is so, so true. There's so many people in this world that have such excess money and they're miserable. And I really think that giving back and seeing what they've created from their money rather than just more money is one of the keys to doing that. So they give back, they have cousins for a cause and it gives back to the big brothers and big sisters program because one of the guys, I forgot which one was, you know, he had that program, which I think that's a really cool program. I, you know, I've never done it myself, but I'm, that's one of the, the better programs that I think is out there. What do you think? So I agree. I, I found that quote to be hysterical. You know, they'll be happy billionaires um, because it's true, you know, I, hey, some people can be very unhappy with, even with money. And, uh, I'm, I'm so excited because it's a different business model, you know, and I love lobster. So, hey, kudos to them. Have you had one yet? Have you seen the truck in LA? Is it in LA? I have, I, I, I don't get out much, so I, I don't see this stuff. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't seen, I haven't had one yet, but I would like to try one. But um, that's pretty much it. That about wraps it up. Anything else? Well, we have one final episode to go before Season 6. So we're going to be taking, obviously, a hiatus after that until Season 6 comes back. But it's going to be quite interesting to see what, what what's going on. Yeah, all 
also, I'd like to give a shout out to Stephen Rawlings. He tweeted us and he was like, where's the show? What happened? He watches us in the UK and he says that a lot of people don't watch it there. So he loves to hear our opinions. So thanks for listening, Stephen. Sorry we were a little late this week, but, you know, schedules happen. And that's pretty much uh, that's all I got. All right. And where can fans follow you? In the meantime, Steph Z. People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at I am Steph Z with an S. All right, and follow us here on AfterBuzz TV on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And there's only one final episode left of Shark Tank, but there's only one final episode left of Chasing Maria Menounos on Oxygen, which is Tuesday nights at a very special time for its season finale at 10.30. So that's Tuesday on Oxygen at 10.30, season finale. Don't miss it. It's the final episode. It's the final countdown, just like here for uh, for Shark Tank. So, on behalf of myself, my fellow co-host, Steph C., who I I really need you back in the studio for the finale. You can't leave me. I know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll definitely call in if I'm not there. I'm going to force you to be there. Anyway, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for hanging with us this season. I mean, think about it. We're on episode 28. Oh, my God. Or I don't know how they count it. Whatever. If, if we're not on episode 28, don't crucify us. It goes... It's in- 25 on the TV. It's crazy. I don't know how... Sometimes they don't count the two-hour episodes. I don't know. All I know is we've done a lot of these. <laughs> All I know is Shark Tank's the best show ever, and we do a lot of these shows. We got it. Exactly. So, until next time, we'll see you here. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.